Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's Devious Motives. I'm Brett Witterbull. It is great to be here with you. Uh, no matter where you're listening, I am uh, excited uh, to be spending this time with you. Uh, rather than go on a moment-by-moment sort of storyline-by-storyline approach to things, because obviously we're getting a lot of brand new information uh, as we continue our march to 2022 and the elections coming up on, what is it, November 8th? I think it's November 8th. Forgive me if I'm a little bit off. Uh, it's the first Tuesday of November. Second, eighth, and the eighth. So here's here's the thing that is uh, striking to me, and it's something I've I've believed is interesting to people beyond the politics itself. Okay, uh, we understand. I do believe we understand the speciality of what it is that we have in the United States of America, and most of our fights are predicated upon how it is we are going to manage. Uh, not just the government or the state house, but how it is we are going to manage uh, the broader issues around this country. Uh, the world has never been more interconnected. Uh, the world has never been more dangerous. Uh, the world has never uh, been more, well, let's be honest here, vulnerable to misinformation, crazy rumors, all those sorts of things. And one of the best pieces of advice I ever got that was out of the world of sports, but does also apply to the contests of elections is a question I was once asked by my father, uh, a, a team I was rooting for uh, took a bad loss at the end of the game, with no time left on the clock. And I was furious. I was losing my mind. And my father at the time looked at me and said, listen, listen, those guys, they're getting paid. They're getting paid to play this game. You're being entertained. Did you have any money on this game? Did you lose the rent money? Did you lose the college fund on this? And I was like, no, dad, I'm like, I'm 10, I'm 11 years old, whatever. And that was really the point because you can get invested in the political fight, but you shouldn't let the political fight consume you. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be consumed by politics, which I know sounds like a really weird kind of rationale, but here's what I mean by that. You can be totally into politics the way some people are totally into sports or antiquing, uh, genealogy, mythology, movies, entertainment, whatever. But at some point, you have got to be able to separate your personal identity as a human being, as, as far as I'm concerned, uh, created in the likeness of God, uh, or, or you've got to find something else to do because... You have elections that come around every two, four, or six years, depending on the office. And if you are uh, constantly consumed by the next election, and I'm warning you right now, because we've got like 21 days, whatever it is, until the election comes up here. Um, but we're going to immediately go into 24 mode. You have to understand that. And it's, it's going to be insane. We're about to see some... Some real hypo testing for whether or not people are mature enough to handle politics as a as sort of an endeavor. 
Uh, I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what the result is going to be on election night. I think it's going to be interesting to see what the results are going to be based on mail-in ballots and to see how things move. Uh, I am not going to jump to immediate conclusions and claim there's fraud or stolen elections or anything like that. I think we went down that road, and I don't, I don't think it was particularly healthy for our republic. If there is fraud, I'll call it out. If there isn't fraud, I'll call it out. Uh, but we have got to understand that the fight in front of us now is going to be altered in the next 25, 30 days. Because you're going to then have a lame duck Congress, lame duck members of the Senate. Those are people who uh, are still serving until the turnover of the House and the Senate, but uh, still have voting rights, even though there are new senators and Congress people coming in to take their seats. And so that's always a very dangerous period of time. And, and I don't mean literally dangerous like Vladimir Putin is going to nuke us. I, I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a perilous time because you can get some really bad policy shoved through with a kamikaze Congress, which is essentially the term that gets used there. It's like, OK, you have nothing to lose. You're being sent home. You don't care. You can vote to stick it to the people as you're leaving the House or the Senate. I mean, there are people who are motivated in that way to do that. They're they're. I'm not going to be partisan here, but I'm going to be partisan here. You think about the vote that was cast by John McCain to thwart the repeal of Obamacare. And if you support Obamacare, you're happy. And if you were opposed to Obamacare, you're unhappy. But you understand what I'm saying is here's a guy who I think it was his last vote that he cast was the thumbs down. And thus was, you know, created uh, the, the continuing legend of the Maverick. So when you look at where this stuff is kind of going... It's important and it's useful to understand a couple of things. And these are the two things I want to talk about. I want to talk about the political advertising that's going on. And I, I want to talk about the ability to change your mind or position. Because if you identify as your politics, and I run into this all the time with college students that I get asked to come in and talk with. Uh, some of my favorite, favorite times have been visiting with the kids, young people young adults, adults, uh, professors at Emerson College in Boston, where we do Zooms uh, on, a, on a fairly regular basis. In fact, just did one today. And I always enjoy getting their reaction when I say you shouldn't be your politics because folks get very upset when you tell them that they shouldn't be their politics. Um, I identify in a lot of different ways. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a Cowboys fan. Um, I like NASCAR. Uh, I'm a Catholic. Uh, I, I believe in God. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm somebody who's concerned about the future of the country. I believe in my way. I'm a I'm a patriot. I love this country. I don't want to see it go away, and I want to see people uh, able to access and take advantage in the most noble sense of of what the country has to offer, as opposed to taking advantage of of the people of this country who work really hard to uh, get their paychecks. So I identify in a lot of different ways and I identify principally on the political spectrum. I'm a smaller government guy, but I'm also somebody who's guided by my morality um, and my beliefs that uh, the, the poor shouldn't be exploited. Uh, the, those people who are suffering ought to be helped uh, all of that sort of stuff, right? And I don't think any any of what I just laid out for you, other than being a Cowboys fan, should color the political conversation. And yet it does. It, it, it does. It's all going to have an impact there.
while I'm confident in my faith, solid and confident in my marriage and my parenthood, uh, I am uh, relatively confident, depending on who they're facing in my cowboy fandom. Um, and I believe in my faith and my God. And I mean, this is, this is it. And so that's not going to change. But if you're coming to me with a tax policy and you're saying this is really the only way to do this tax policy, and then somebody comes in and says, hey, you know what? That tax policy is good and that one's interesting. This is fantastic. I have got to consider that. I mean, there was a, a time and a place in the world of sports where it was all running. It was all three yards in a cloud of dust. It's not that now. <laughs> a lot of aerial stuff. You look at the NBA. It used to be, you know, going to the hoop. Now it's a lot of three-point shooting. Things evolve and they change. Your values, I think, are probably usually fairly set as a as a permanency. But your politics, you ought to be able to consider uh, different sort of points of views and pieces of evidence. When somebody challenges my beliefs, what I like the best about having my beliefs challenged is, uh, I'm getting to hear a new critique of what I believe. And then do I have the intellectual wherewithal? Do I have the intellectual honesty to acknowledge, hey, this person just punched a hole in what I believe. How am I going to how am I going to reconcile that? Because if this person can punch a hole in that, somebody else can punch a hole in that. And how do I feel about this? Is it time to jettison that position or is it time to reinforce it in a different sort of way? It's very important that you not get consumed by your politics because it's a very fine line between being a fan of politics, somebody who's interested in the history uh, of politics and culture and all of this sort of stuff, and becoming like Gollum, where all you want is the ring, my precious, my precious. You, you sort of, at that point, just become a disembodied creature. And I, I would encourage that kind of balance as you look at the different issues that are out there in front of us. Second point, commercials, TV commercials, campaign commercials, issue commercials. Heck, they're even doing commercials for Camp Lejeune and uh, water issues and, and that. All of these are really in many ways interconnected because they're advocacy ads. The advocacy for uh, don't vote for this January 6th election denier. Don't vote for this defund the police radical person don't vote for no bail don't vote for open borders don't vote for this and that but what's dishonest about the way that ads are structured political ads are structured almost to a almost to a person the ad starts like sherry beasley seems like a nice person a total and complete marxist and then, you know, goes to like, Ted Budd loves America, eats nothing but hamburgers and hot dogs, and perpetually waves a flag everywhere he goes, even in the shower. Now, being absurd, and I could reverse the ad, Ted Budd, family has money, Donald Trump likes him, clearly the devil, paid for by, you're not getting any issue there isn't like a truth in political advertising uh, standard that exists. And that is kind of crazy when you think about it, right? Because if I advertise a car 
I'm not even going to mention a brand. I mean, you've seen a, you've seen 50 trillion car commercials in your life. And I'm setting aside the dumb green car stuff. I'm talking about like the car commercials we've seen, right? Ford, Chevy, uh, Toyota. There you go, Witterbull, mentioning uh, brands. But you get what I'm saying here, right? So you say, uh, a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. So I'm like, oh, that's something I can actually hold on to. I can actually say, okay, I got a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty so that if this thing goes sideways, I can go to the dealer and I can totally get it fixed. You never hear politicians that are in office or running for re-election or somebody coming in to try to run for election. You don't hear them say things like, you know, I improved the quality of life in my district by 27%. And I have a plan to get you to 72% satisfaction by 2025 or I'll resign my position. That would be pretty powerful. You don't get warranties from politicians. You, you, don't, get, you don't get guarantees from politicians because... You and I both know how this game works when it comes to politics. And maybe this should have been the very first episode of Devious Motives, but I figured and I felt like everybody kind of had an idea already about how politics works. But, you know, you understand, like, your issue isn't necessarily going to be Kevin McCarthy's issue if he's a Republican and he's running uh, for the speaker or uh, Nancy Pelosi or Steny Hoyer or whoever's going to run for the for the speakership out on the on the Democrat side. Uh, if they if they keep the majority, you know, you uh, as a freshman or as maybe a, a one or a two year, two term, I mean, one or a two term uh, congressperson. I mean, you're going to be jumping on board a lot of other people's legislation, people who have been there since since maybe the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s. And you're going to have to sign on with what they want to do. It's very rare that any of this stuff looks like Schoolhouse Rock, and that's an old cliche, but it's really kind of true. And we all totally understand what that means, right? You've got to play ball. You've got to go along to get along. I remember joking about John Boehner because there was a story about how when new Republicans would, would come into the Congress when Boehner was the speaker, you know, they'd they'd take him to his office and he'd sit there and he'd kind of tell him, OK, you want to be in leadership? You got to do what I'm telling you. I'm calling these plays and you got to run these plays. You want to be a renegade? Good luck. You're going to be on the outs. I uh, I used to joke around about this on, on the air at the station I was at. And I said, you know, you go into John Boehner's office and it's a, it's a haze of cigarette smoke and the smell of stale wine. And, and here he comes. They open a they open a tanning bed with the two blue eye protector things and he, they, they prop him up and he's all. Yeah, you know, so it's going to be like, you got to totally vote with me. Or, uh, you're going to be out of here. You understand what I mean, bucko? And, uh, you know, smoke then goes out of his mouth. That, that's because you've got people who have become creatures of Washington, D.C. And I don't even think they have a loyalty. Forget their district or their state. I, I question the loyalty to the country itself. You become so entrenched, you become a creature of Washington, not, a, not a, a, an American patriot or a citizen. And it's, it's just it's what happens. Just over a period of time. You know, guys who join organized crime eventually just identify as members of the organized crime family that they're a part of, right? They don't think about all the other stuff that's out there in the world. Uh, they they don't they don't think of that first, and I wouldn't expect that they would because they're focused on a very specific 
trending line, same way in politics. I just wish the commercials would be more creative, more smart, more entertaining. Um, those would move the needle. But if you do the name stated here, vicious and killer, and then or why you have to vote for the other person, that is a much better way to go. It, it is a much better way to go. I, I think that in the year 2022, the broader population, I, I think, has has lost a lot of the shock value that existed once upon a time, the outrage value, all that sort of stuff. And you sort of get to this place where it's just eye-rolling. And that's a shame because I think there are a lot of really good people in this country that have a lot of really good ideas. And they get elected at the lower offices. They, and I'm not being disrespectful, but, you know, they selectmen, school board, water board, uh, whatever it is. And they don't really have commercials running. They've got flyers that go in your mailbox. And it usually shows a person with their family and, and talks about their values and what they believe in. And here's their three-point plan to get the schools better. Or here's the three-point plan to get the, the streets paved, whatever it is. That's where the genuine work of getting elected uh, uh, happens. And what's tricky is because I'm in the world of uh, talk radio and communication and politics and all this sort of stuff. What's what's funky about it is I couldn't do my show and just do all local races because you would get to such a micro place that you wouldn't be able to keep up with all the races and the names. And what is that? And where's that district? And where's that district? And where's that spot? And where does this go? But see, that's the beauty of like podcasting. And that's the beauty of 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 micro targeting and all of that sort of stuff. Cause you can actually do so much stuff to reach out to people. You can go on Facebook and go on Twitter, go on TikTok, do whatever you want to do. And actually there's this other thing that sometimes people use, which is knocking on doors and introducing yourself and shaking hands with constituents. That actually has been known to happen. Just don't wear one of those, you know, weird giant ribbons pinned to your shirt you know, like they used to a million years ago. I, the reason why I wanted to do this podcast this way is it's important to understand there is a political fight in front of us and the, the talkers on talk radio and I'm one of them, uh, the chatters who are who are out there yelling and screaming on Twitter and the, 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 the nighttime hosts that want to tell you that if if this election doesn't go this way, we're all going to die. That's is really not the case. The sun is still going to come up the next day. Your kids are still going to love you. You're, you're still going to feel like you never have enough time for them. And that you don't have enough money to provide the sort of family that you want to provide or any of those sorts of things. You're still going to have all the self-doubt that an individual has when they wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and, and, and have like panic attacks about the direction of the country. But just understand we're all in this together. And we're, we're all in this understanding these challenges. And uh, I think it's hugely important to take a look at where politics is taking you, not just where we're taking the politics. That's going to do it for me. I am Brett Witterbull. This is Devious Motives, where we break down all the big stories every day until 2022 elections. I'll talk to you next time.